Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. It's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. Obviously, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell notification. So basically, you don't miss out on any content we have coming out. Of course, every day we put a new, a new video up, but sometimes we put two, three videos up in a day. So you don't want to miss any. So make sure you hit that bell. We've got some good guests, some great guests coming up, including today's guest. He's, he's a busy man if you read his Twitter bio. You know, he's an author, he's a podcaster, an ex-journalist, uh, a video PR exec. It's Jim Drury. Hi, Jim. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm coping in lockdown, just about. Yeah, yeah. How how is it? How are you surviving? I suppose you do a lot of your work from home on computers anyway, so Well actually, um I've been mainly doing the podcast and teaching my daughter because um I actually got put on furlough. <laughs> so I've actually got more spare time than I usually have. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean but you that's know, been okay. It's actually been like a sabbatical in a way. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. And obviously you can, you know, most, most people thought they could be teachers when they were, when they're, you know, I could do that, you know, and now you've got the chance to prove it as well. You know, it's, it's lovely. Yeah, exactly. I know it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's like, we've, I mean, it's like my mother-in-law. So she, she moved in, we moved her in sort of quite early on in, in the, in the lockdown and, and bless her. She's like a, you know, a, a substitute teacher, uh, you know, obviously dinner on the table and stuff like that. It's, you make do don't you in these situations you just yes. make do i've quite enjoyed it actually i've, I've enjoyed the um the time with my daughter definitely no def- uh, no exactly but it's been weird it's been strange not having any football to watch but it hasn't it hasn't i mean i was getting quite used to not having football now it's on the horizon I, i'm i'm a bit it's a bit weird i'm a bit apprehensive about everything do you know what i mean it's like yes i i sort of you know, I was quite happy not having football and not thinking about what could potentially be. Um, yeah. And now it's sort of getting a bit real. And then when you start getting, so I've you know, started to get the, uh, all the Premier League directory, directives in terms of music and what they're trying to do, you know, because obviously yeah. we have to do test days. And, 
and it's getting a bit real now. I'm getting a bit nervous, but uh, we'll see. You know, yeah. at least, it, at least, I mean, everyone, everyone sort of uh, doing an interview the other day, and someone said it was a chore going to West Ham a little bit in the last couple of years, but it's a chore they would like to start again, and I get that. And um, yeah, and yeah, and I understand. So we'll see what happens, yeah. but until then, we've still got we've still got eleven days until we kick off against Wolves. So uh, yeah. so we'll see. But it's the one be... thing I don't miss, like the one thing I don't miss is that feeling, uh, and it really annoys me that I still have this after all these years. How how West Ham losing the game over can actually ruin the weekend, can re- <laughs> psychologically ruin the weekend. And I think to myself, why am I letting it get to me? Uh, I try and sort of think, oh, well, I don't know these 11 people. Why, do, why does it mean so much to me whether they beat another team of 11 people? But it does. It just yeah. makes a huge difference to your weekend. It's so true. And then, like, match of the day. Uh, it's like you just wouldn't even bother even looking at the, you know, because it comes up on series link on Scott. Just delete it. Just delete it if we've lost. You know, it's like, don't even look at it. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, the good thing is, you know, obviously – you know, everything's going to, all the games are going to come in so quick succession. So if, if God forbid, we lose one, then you've only got a few days for the next one. So it's not, it's not too That's much yeah. harping along. And I, I think it's worry, going to be... The thing that worries me most about West Ham is the, I mean, they, the, the statistics showed that they would, they ran the least, mm. I think, of anyone before Moyes came in. I hope Moyes has had enough time to get them up to fitness because the fitness that worries me, everything else mm. Ability-wise, they're fine, but I just don't know if he's had enough time to to get them up to requisite fitness. Yeah, I mean, everything comes out. Everything that you know, obviously, the news that comes out of the club is obviously it seems that we've got a, a fully fit squad. When was the last time that happened? Upton Park, under stadium. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, so that's a good thing. And I think, yeah, it seems, it seems, but it seems the atmosphere as well. You know, it seems that there's this sort of real. And I've been talking to a lot of ex-players recently on the, on the channel and there was a real togetherness around sort of, the, you know, eight obviously boys of 86, the, the 90s, yeah. the, the Redknapp eras and, and somewhat with the Allardyce eras and, 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 you know, they're real togetherness and it seems that there's this sort of really nice buzz in the, on the dressing room now. Getting Kevin Nolan in was an absolute masterstroke of Moises. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and we'll, see. we'll see. I mean, it's going to be weird. I mean, you know... Th- the players, what you know, arguably some of the players who weren't who wouldn't necessarily perform well at the London Stadium because the fans were on their back, haven't yes. got that hit now. And oh, um, that's true. And also, I mean, I was chatting to like I'm not I hate I'm not name dropping, but I was chatting to Kevin Keane like you do, and <laughs> I still can't believe it was hell. But I was he, and <laughs> and he made a good point that you know there's gonna he thinks there's gonna be more teams from sort of the middle tier gonna be dragged into the relegation because the Norwiches. West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford are going to fancy going to Chelsea, Tottenham because you haven't got the fans there. It's literally like a friend. It is a bit like a friendly feel to it, so yeah. to speak. So I think you're going to see a lot of really interesting. And you've seen that in the Bundesliga as well. So interesting results. The the home advantage doesn't tend to work as much in terms of a percentage. Um, and no, that's right. They've only yeah something like twenty five percent of the games have been won by the home team. Exactly. Um, although of course. West Ham have kind of lost their home advantage, haven't we, in the last few years, in a way. So 
might benefit us actually yeah that's what i think so i'm 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 very confident i'm very confident it's going to be interesting i mean the premier league are doing loads of things to try and make it a bit more inclusive it seems and, and learning i think lessons have been learned from bundesliga in that you know it's quite an empty stadium isn't it it's got that horrible feel and i think they're trying to do stuff with coverings and stuff across all the stadiums yeah. to make it a bit more inclusive and it's great i mean i was chatting to some i think it was um mark sandell and and he's having a zoom party with all his mates who he sits around with at upton park and uh, the stadium and they're gonna like watch the game but watch it on zoom as well and then have the halftime pint and pie and it's brilliant it's it's so west Ham. that's a really good idea i've got to do that with my brother yeah i hadn't thought about that it's obvious isn't it it is obvious when you think about it and i said look let, let i'll join in I'll have it on in the background, you know, because I'll be quite lonely there on my own. Um, there's only going to be, as I said, 300 people in the whole bloody stadium and 22 of them are on the pitch. So, um, so yeah, I said, let me know because I'll be like, it'd be like a youth team game. We used to have down the 23 games London Stadium and about 200 turn up. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, anyway, let's, uh, we can talk about that. We need to talk about <laughs> you, you, Jim, uh, and, and your memories of West Ham and obviously your Hammers 11. So in terms of you, Jim, I mean, the first question I ask most people now is, why West Ham? How did it start for you? Well, my dad um, was already taking my brother to West Ham. Uh, my dad had been, he'd been going since the 50s. He used to cycle to the ground from Barking. Um, he used to, and he, sometimes he would get on the same bus as Bobby Moore um, for the, to the matches. Um, another thing was my granddad on my mum's side, who was never into football, he was a rugby man. But for some reason, he bunked into the 1923 Cup final. Which I've never, I've never understood why he died before I had the chance to ask him about that. But there was never any choice of who was going to support, and so Dad took me along after when I was about six to uh, playing Newcastle at home, 1979. We won five nil, and it was this is amazing. This is That's where it. I want to come every day. Completed it, you know, and and you know five nil first first game that ain't bad. Uh, didn't probably go like that from then on much. <laughs> <laughs> no. exactly. Well, that's it. I mean, the first year of going, the well, first two years of going, uh, I, we'd gone, we'd won the FA Cup, and I managed yeah. to get a ticket for the game. I went to the cup final, wow. went to the League Cup final, and I thought, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to be doing this every year, and we've won nothing since. But it's all part of it, isn't it? The Intertoto Cup in 1990. Don't forget about the Intertoto oh, Cup. Yes. Yeah. European yeah. glory. And, you know, yeah. and even for me, that's, that's, you know, that's the only trophy we've ever won, really. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. And then obviously since then, since mid-70s onwards, there must be certain sort of games or, or, or yeah. West Ham experiences throughout that sort of stick in your mind. What would, you know, yeah. just pick a couple. What would, what would, they, what would they be, man? Well, uh, the, the getting um, promoted against Cambridge, 93, yeah. that was a great one. That was um, a big, we were allowed, still allowed to go on the pitch at the end after that, in those days. Yeah. I remember going up to, Horrible one going up to Anfield. For some reason, I went to Anfield on my own um, when I was 17. It was on a Monday night and saw us get relegated. Um, lost 5-1 up there. And that that was horrendous, actually, because it was about a month after Heisel and there were too many people packed into the ground. You couldn't yeah. stand up. So that's not a very nice memory. No. But lots, of, lots of nice memories being with my dad and my brother and my nephews. Um, yeah, the Cambridge game would be a, a classic oh, one. Yeah. The, the, obviously, the, all the playoff finals um, in the, in recent years, they were brilliant. Yeah. Especially the one at Wembley. And then the FA yeah. Cup final, which we were so close to winning. So Games close. like those. 
yeah, yeah. no you're right and you're of right. course the last one the last one up to park as well yeah of course of course and I mean you know what, what's, in terms of the playoffs obviously we had like you know we're, we're quite experienced at playoffs now I think you know we hopefully won't have any more experience anymore um, <laughs> yeah. but but you know, I mean, we talking to lots of people about sort of Cardiff and Wembley, you know, and I was always a fan, I'll be honest, I was always a fan of Cardiff. I didn't... Yeah, well, I liked Cardiff, yeah. The, the Wembley one was great. Um, part as part as me was, obviously, my, my daughter was due that day, so I'd always have that, have that in my memory because it was just like, you know, on tender hooks for two reasons. Um, but, <laughs> but I just preferred Cardiff. I liked, I just thought Cardiff had that sort of, you know how people talk about london stadium now in that you lost that atmosphere of green street yeah. and that's why i think you lose from wembley to cardiff because it was like it was bang in the middle of the city and it was yeah, amazing yeah. It, was a carnival, wasn't it? it was brilliant i used to love i used to love and obviously we went three years running didn't we um oh, and yeah. uh, and i had i had the same car park space three years in a row because it was like ah. lich almost exactly the same car park <laughs> but no i used to love cardiff it was good fun um as you said, hopefully we won't have many, uh, many more, maybe more FA Cup finals rather than uh, yeah. finals. Well, actually, the one other, the one other game I would mention because I always, always wanted to see us beat Tottenham at Wembley, and so to get to the, well, I don't go to many away games, but I got a ticket for the, the League Cup one where we came back from two down and won three yeah. two, and brilliant to see us beat them at Wembley. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating. I think I had, a, I, had a t- I had a I had a press ticket for the Tottenham game. This this that was going to be like well, it would have been like two weeks. Oh, well, so, anyway, it's small comparisons compared to what the world's gone through. Really, oh, that's it? true. Yeah, yeah. So it just is what it, it is. What it is. Um, but I mean, you know, you've had quite. A, I mean, from sort of the mid seventies onwards, you've had quite an array of of players who have come and gone. Some have come back as well. Um, some have come yeah. back as managers as well. Um, we try and do this hammers 11 thing and as i said it's sort of everyone's everyone's loving it it's 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 quite funny some people really sort of you know agonize over it which is quite sweet yeah so um, I, I agonize though. i've seen <laughs> some some of a couple of people's i saw their voices and thought blind me i would never have chosen yeah. that but that's what it's about exactly and it's, it's a generational thing as well which i think is really sweet as well you know but saying that you have to have been alive to have seen them play puts a massive caveat on a lot of people yeah. because yes. yeah if I was picking my 11, uh, my dream 11, yeah, Bobby Moore would be in it, but I never yeah, saw him play. Yeah. So I know of the legend oh. and part of this, part of this is almost a learning process for me as well, because I'm learning all these stories about older players and, you know, people like, like, like Sissons and, and Charles and John Charles, not Gary Charles and, you know, Charles and, uh, and, and I, I think, you know, it's like, you know, when you talk about people not understanding that, I mean, I never knew John Charles, the story. So I've, go yeah. back and and it's really yeah. been a sort of like cathartic sort of like you know really really amazing um so so in terms of your your team um jim yeah. who, who would be who would be between the sticks who would be your number one there's no question it's phil parks definitely yeah. uh, I, mean, I, I i out of the keepers who followed him mccloscoe was great um i, I did I quite liked Robert Green. I like Fabianski. Fabianski does something that Parks used to do, which is what I like in a goalkeeper. He's commanding and he comes out and he catches the ball. He doesn't yes. come out flat. I, I, I suppose I'm a bit old-fashioned in that sense. When a cross comes in, I want to see that if the goalkeeper can catch it, he should catch it. Yeah. If, if he has to punch it, that's fine. But too many goalies come out and punch it or flap it 
when they don't need to do it. And Parks was really totally commanding. Uh, obviously, he was a great shot stopper, but yeah. he was just, yeah, he, you knew he wasn't going to be intimidated by anyone. Um, mm. The back four trusted him. Can't, can't think of many mistakes he made. No. Uh, and he was, he was very unlucky not to have had more than one England cap because he was yeah. unlucky to be around at the same time as Clements and Shilton. And I look at some of the England goalkeepers who followed, yeah. but I think they weren't a patch on Phil Parks. No. No, I agree. And I think you're right. I think goalkeepers for West Ham, we haven't done too badly compared to other things. So, you know, I mean, sometimes you've got, um, and some sometimes they're looking at stuff and it's a bit different and, um, you know, left backs and, and full backs and stuff. But for centre, for the goalkeepers, they've been all right, I think. We've been yeah, all right. We've been quite fortunate. Speaking, we've had a couple of. Yeah, we had a couple a couple of weird ones, but uh, yeah, it sounds good. Let's uh, let's put uh, let's put Parksy in. Let's go for left back then, Jim. Who have we got left back, man? Well, it would be Julian Julian yeah. Dix, um, who was a magnificent player, very underrated outside of West Ham. I agree because people only ever saw this thuggish image. I mean, obviously, he was a very hard tough tackler, didn't take any prisoners, but he also had a very sweet left foot. Mm. He could bring a ball down on his instep from 80 yards. Um, very set up tons of goals. Obviously a brilliant penalty taker. Uh, and a, a theme that will run through my team is I want to have players who um, are committed. I think there's a bit of a myth about West Ham fans, mm. which is, oh, we just want to see good football no. and that's it. Actually, I think there's a. We want to see people who are committed, and there were not many people, certainly in that era, that he played and who were as committed as Julian did. Yeah, no, I agree. Just tenacious, wasn't he? And and he was just. And I, I, I mean, I, I, obviously, it was more the the second stint that I remember more, just from my my career of a fan, and. Just when he had like that, when they had, the, and he just like had a rich shirt, he had a shaven head, he had his, <laughs> and he just looked. Thing is, he looked like he just come off a pub team, didn't he? Really realistic, you know. He just yeah. looked like a yeah, thug. Yeah. But as you said, he's he had the sweetest yeah. foot, and it's and it's and that's what is quite nice because obviously the fact we have one perspective, and then talking to the ex players, they obviously, I mean, Julian's been in, in all of theirs, but it's the story. It's the it's the reverse, mm. and it's what they and if I always think. You know, it's always when it comes to, I mean, in case Kate, you might, might have put them in your team or something, but someone like Devonshire, for example, the boys of 86, every, to a man, always talk about him. And that, to me, means not so much more, but is an equal value to the fans because obviously it's your peers, it's people yeah. you're working with, isn't it? But um, yeah. yeah, Dix, you know, yeah. And, you know, so... so well, one unlucky. thing I would say about Dix as well was I remember when he left um, to go to Liverpool, and then I, that season, it was the time West Ham has got a lot of criticism over the comeback of Paul Lintz. First yeah. time he played, and he got booed all the way through. People were saying, oh, it's just because it's just because he's gone to a better club. And I, and I remember thinking, no, I'm sorry, this is not right. And I remember right, I wrote a letter to when Saturday comes, which they printed, which was basically saying, you wait till April when Julian comes back mm. from Liverpool, playing for Liverpool. And he got a hero's reception. Mm. And it was because he because of what he was like on the yeah. pitch. And he left the right way, isn't he? I mean, it, it is, you're right. He left the yeah. right way. Um, it was, yeah, I think it was um, John Black, I think, 
he was the first one to pick Paul Ince for his 11. And it was, it was, yeah, it was the right way to leave. And as you said, there's players, you know, Rio, when he came back, Carlos Tevez. I mean, Carlos Tevez reinvented that, you know, really playing for the opposition. You know, he didn't do that. He was scoring for us. But when he played for Man United, he was doing that and he resurrected that. But, but yeah, no, I, yeah, Julian, he, he was such a, he was such a legend, wasn't he? And, you know, obviously came back and was, was assistant coach, you know, with Slab and, you know, doing a great job at West Brom as well. So and when they came back, you know, yeah. for the cup, they had a massive, massive applause and they would do any time they turned up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I'm right. Sure okay. Julian. Julian is in. Let's go right back. Then Jim. For me, again, it's a very easy one. Ray Stewart, um, yeah. who was a very, a, fantastically strong defender I was really interested I saw an interview on um, he was being interviewed uh, as part of Canningtown Lens series and he said something which I didn't realize Ray Stewart said he'd spent his whole time he would have preferred to play centre half I was I, I knew he'd, I'd seen him play centre half but I didn't realize actually he would have preferred that because he was yeah. a, such a great fullback yeah he was great at bombing forward um, he you know he could he was a John Lyle player so he could play the yeah. ball on the floor and of course, some of those penalties, mm. I mean, the nerves of steel or what, yeah. really, to score yeah. so many absolutely crucial penalties in the last minute of games. Amazing. Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know, and again, you know, you're right. And he's, he, he was a committed hammer, you know, and he still is. He's, a, he's an adopted Cockney, you know, and, and there's a few of them out there, you know. Um, and yeah, no, he's... It, it, I would always love to have seen them both, Julian and Ray, on the pitch, and a penalty was coming. <laughs> and then the time <laughs> I can imagine almost like a Decanio Lampard, Bradford City sort yeah, of argument yeah. each time. It'd be quite funny, quite. And I would love to know who's going who's to win that battle. Both of them in their yeah. prime would have been awesome. Right, we'll put, we'll put Tom come in. Let's go. Let's go centre backs in. Jimmy, we got centre backs, you know. I'm gonna have Billy Bonds first. Yeah. Um, he has to be in there. Awesome player, mm. um, and me talk about Mr. Commitment. Yeah, another one who was a better player than probably gets credit for technically. Yeah, he was actually quite skillful, and people just see this buccaneering, ball-winning player. Yeah. But actually, he was he was more skillful than that. I it, I didn't think he was the best of managers, but um, and it was it, it's been it was awful the way he left. Yeah, and I thought it was great that he did have that moment last year, yes. Newcastle game, when he came on and people really showed what they thought of him, and he was mm. in tears clearly. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he really deserved that. But he he was a, just a brilliant player. You knew knew you had more of a chance when he was on the pitch. Yeah, no, totally. And as you said, that was that was it was it was right to do that Newcastle to do the stand because you know for the. For the unofficiated fans, the, the, the less experienced fans, I call them, the younger ones, Billy Bonds is, they don't know who Billy Bonds is. You know, they, they, no. they hear, and, and again, that's now going to be part of the fabric in the same way that Bobby Moore and, and Trevor Brooking is. It'd be interesting to see what we do with the last one, to be yeah. honest. But, yeah. um, but then you've got, and then you've got maybe Mark Noble, who knows? Who knows? You know, but then, yeah. you've, but then you've got sort of, you know, when, when I mean, you know, when the kids then become the adults and they, they bring their kids, their kids will be asking them who Billy Bonds was in the same ilk as who yeah. Bob Moore and Trevor Brooking were. And that's right. 
that's right because of what they did for the club. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, you can see how much the man who shows no emotion really, even when, as I said, someone else, even when we got promoted at that Cambridge game, he wasn't, he wasn't crying. He was like on top going, yeah, he wasn't like, there was no emotion really. He's just been promoted. No, no, um, you're absolutely right. But he yeah. was absolutely crying his eyes out. And there was, again, there was lots of middle-aged men around that stadium at the time who also were crying their eyes out and it was very emotional. Um, but yeah, Bonzo. Yep, yeah, good shout. Good shout, Jim. Who's he going to partner in the middle then, mate? In the centre-backs? Well, we've had some good centre-halves yeah. over the years. and there are People like Rio Ferdinand, great players. But for me, it would be Alvin Martin. Yeah. Another member of the 1980 Cup finals, uh, Cup winning side, who played for us for, what, 18, 19 years. Yeah. Uh, another, another footballing centre-half. Mm. Very good on the floor. Um, would have had more England caps if it wasn't for Terry Butcher. Um, the only thing he didn't have probably was a bit of pace, mm. but a real leader on the pitch. Again, someone you know, hundred percent, um, trying all the time. Yeah, you know, Alvin would be in there for me definitely. Uh, and, I will uh, have a couple of more modern players eventually. No, no, I don't care. I don't care. It's your, it's your eleven. Doesn't <laughs> I care who you have, man? It's like, but it's like. He's another adopted Cockney, isn't he? I mean, he still lives around the area. Yeah. Um, and he just got it. And not he, like 19 years or whatever is phenomenal. And who and he was the one who was the who was the presenter for, for Billy's stand, you know. So, you know, again, it's it sort of goes along with, with, with that as well, you know, in terms of being a uh, being a real club man. And as you said, he was integral. And yeah, I think and I think yeah. you're right. I think um I think it was Tim, uh, Tim Crane was saying, was talking about how, you know, the guys who have won FA Cup, there's, you know, there's not that many West Ham players who have won an FA Cup medal who are, who are alive, you know, obviously you know, in, in the world, so to speak, you know, very small. And it's about treasuring them people. And I think that the idea of this is, of this whole channel is to document the people who, who meant a lot to play it, to, to fans and stuff. And someone like Alvin. Yeah clearly coming through most most 11s but he would do naturally uh great that's that is a solid solid back four that's for sure i tell you oh what, yeah wouldn't fancy if I, was across the, if I was across the front line for the opposition wouldn't fancy that at all um <laughs> right let's go for and again you, you're right i mean you got you got someone like parksy who could have he should have got a lot more england caps he did julian famously obviously again you know pierce the so he had like a lot of you know Particularly that '96, and again, you know, hindsight, yeah, yeah. he would have taken. He he would have been one of the penalty takers, wouldn't he? Oh he yeah, <laughs> been straight up there. Hindsight's a great thing. So obviously, we're reliving it on Sky TV and stuff, wouldn't you? So, uh, Bonzo yeah. again, you know, New England Cats. Martin could have got more. Um, obviously, Ray was Scottish, but uh, okay, we still can't understand what you're saying anyway. Right, okay, we'll go. Um, we'll go midfield. Let's go left midfield. Who've we got left midfield? Yeah. yeah. Well, knowing, seeing how the team is lining up so far, you won't be surprised to know that Alan Devonshire yeah, is no, in there. He was an absolute magician. Yeah. How he could play like that on the pitches that he was playing. I mean, he was exactly, you know, like a nine and a half stone or something. And uh, he used to glide across those like bogs, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah October onwards, it was just a bog. And I remember the over near the where the tunnel is. It used to be, it was a slight slope, so it used to be even muddier over that side. Um, um, and he was just a, a magician. Again, another one. It makes me sound incredibly biased, but another one who should have got more England caps. He should have. Uh, yeah. 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 And you look yeah. at some of if you look at him 
compared to some of the people who played in that position since. Mm-hmm. But he was he was outstanding, and you he could drill, and he and he also had that really interesting thing that happened to him after that disgusting tackle on him against Wigan, which I still remember. Mr. Graham Barrow was the person who did it. I'll never forgive him. Um, he had to come back and completely change his style of play because yeah. he used to go down the byline and and cut it and cut inside. No, sorry, he had to start cutting inside because he couldn't go and beat the last yeah. man anymore. And he completely changed his game. Yeah. And in that 85-86 season, he was was awesome. Yeah. He all, we almost won the league because of him. Yeah, no, he was. You're right. And, and you know, you've said it before, you know, if you're looking at West Ham transfers ever made, he must be the greatest transfer ever at West Ham. And I would, I would say, if anyone else could say a, another transfer in terms of money to ratio, there's not many out. Yeah, five grand, you know, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Today's money, ridiculous. I mean, the, the only player I can think of who had similar amount of, a similar amount of ability in that position would be would be Pyatt, but I'd never have... You see, I want to have a team that you can rely on, and I'd never put someone like Pyatt in my team because you... Well, for obvious reasons. He'd leave after... Can't rely on someone like that. Yeah. Down to... Exactly. 18 months, he'll be gone. Um, (laughs) And and But again, when people talk about Pyatt, and they talk about how he left, he joined us exactly the same way as he left us. You know, for Marseille. Marseille, Yeah, that's very true. And Marseille welcomed him back. And Marseille yeah. welcomed him back as well. So, you know, obviously there was yeah. there was rumblings, weren't there? Like they've been potentially coming back, and it was right. like, Mrr. but he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he was, he was. I mean, for for the modern day player, modern day fan, rather, so to speak, he was probably our, the best. He's the best player technically I've seen. He was, I never saw he him. was in that year, that that last year of the bowling. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was, and the stars just aligned for that season. So that that season was yeah, really you know, nice. So that was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, it was the perfect season to to yeah. to put us up there because you know we you know it wasn't a relegation dogfight. Obviously, yeah, we, we we went off the boil a little bit. Um, you know, obviously we lost at Wigan the Wigan game, wasn't it? Like four 0 or something like that. And and then we sort of came back mesmerically yeah. at that Man United game, and that yeah. was just a microcosm of West Ham. Yeah, when it really, no, really, really mattered, they they pulled it out and. And, um, yeah. yeah, it was a great day. Right, okay, we'll put Dev on the left. Let's go for the right midfield. Who are we going for the right wing then? Right midfield, I'm going to have a player who's playing now, actually. Oh. I'm going to put Michael Antonio in there. Mm. Michael Antonio. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> My daughter's <laughs> shouting from downstairs. I'm not putting Masuaku in that team. No way. But Michael Antonio, yeah. who I think has been... He's a fantastic. Um, yeah. Another one who puts in his shift. Yeah. And he went on. He went through a spell where he really wasn't doing it, and it, then it turned out afterwards he'd been rushed back from injury. Mm. The typical West Ham way: rush him back rather than give someone time to recover. Yeah. And he kept getting injured again, having these niggles. Mm. And I remember thinking, "What's wrong with him?" And then yeah. when he said, "I finally had a, a proper break," and he's been. He's been this season one of the few um, positive features. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Think he scares defenders. He's got he pace. When you when you see him running at players, you yeah. you can see the fear in their eyes, can't you? It's, it's so, not necessarily so the most technically accomplished, no. but um, but he's but he's got everything else. Yeah, 
he, he's just he's just a unit isn't he he's just a complete unit you know he's the truest sense you know he'd, i mean and and he, he's he's part of a breed that that doesn't we don't have a lot of i don't think we you know occasionally we'll get a, an absolutely lightning quick player um you know like matty effrington or mm. matty rush like years ago matty rush was he was quicker and you know and and sinks as well trevor sinclair um and they were like so quick but Antonio just has the bulk, doesn't he? As well, you know, he is yeah. rapidly. I would love yeah. to know what his un, his hundred meter time is, you know. But um, yeah. well, he could do it in the close season. Oh, not now because we're not having the athletics track yeah. up. But but he get times. But I mean, yeah. you know, it's he's just he's frightening. Absolutely, when he's on, when he's got that bit between his teeth, he's unstoppable. He is literally unstoppable yeah. in terms of physically so domineering. Um, that's a great shout. Funny, I like that. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Sinclair. He would. About if you'd asked me this six months ago, I'd have had him in my team. Really, but he's yeah, just Antonio's doing it. Taking the edge. No, I agree. I agree. Okay, we'll put Antonio in. Let's go midfield then, Jim. Who's your first midfielder? Centre midfielder. So the defensive midfielder. I'm gonna. Um, and he perhaps wouldn't be classified completely as a defensive midfielder, but I would put Scott Parker in there. Yeah who I think was outstanding. Uh, you know, football has changed so much from yeah. the times when I started going. It makes me sound like a terrible old man. But where you used to um, expect that everyone would be 100% committed at all times, they wouldn't be yeah. distracted by anything else. And Parker used to really put himself on the line. And the, the fact that he went to Tottenham afterwards, I, I, don't, I never minded that because that was his team. And... He had put effort in in that season we went relegated and pretty much nobody else had, apart from Mark Noble. And I just think he was a great player. Yeah. Uh, there's a famous occasion at West Brom where he took the half-time team talk and yeah. they, uh, because Avram Grant was probably just sitting around not doing very much. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, very sad to see him go. Yeah. Well, I'd, I like to have, I'd, li- I'd love to find a place for Mark Noble in this team because... I've, I love Mark Noble, but yeah. he's not going to make it. But, <laughs> spoiler, yeah. spoiler for the next, the next centre midfielder. Oh, yeah. It's not Mark Noble. I right, put Scotty P in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't think he gets. I don't think Scott um, it gets gets the credit for those three seasons as much as he should deserve. Because you're right. There were some times where literally he'd be sat there, and not sat there, he'd be standing there, and it's almost like he's gone. I'd do it myself then. And literally, like, you know, pull his socks up and then would literally be everywhere. Um, yeah, he was great. And yeah, was true. True. There was a, I remember there being a couple of match reports about the, that game, that West Brom game. Mm. And he was referred to as the West Ham captain, Scott Parker. And the actual captain was Matthew Upson. Yeah. But where was he that season, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, no, Scotty P. And, and three times Ham of the Year in succession. That doesn't happen very often either. No, and no, obviously, no. football footballer's writer, player of the season, the season we went down, I think, as well. And again, when was when's that yeah. ever happened as well? Yeah. All right, we we'll put Scotty in. And who's Scotty going to partner in the midfield then, Jim? Well, it's going to be another nineteen eighty player. It's going to be Trevor Brooking. Yeah. Trevor, who, yeah, brilliant player. I watched, I saw him for five years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was my first, real football hero um, just a, another one a bit like dev who could play on any surface yeah. um he was no shrinking violet actually he could um he could stand up for himself but a, just a brilliant elegant player 
uh, he had that that technique that people often talk about where he used to let the ball run past him and run onto it. Um, yeah, just a, a great a great player. And if, the thing is, if he probably played in this age for West Ham, yeah. someone would have come in and nabbed it. Yeah. I know it was sort of unfair that people had to, almost made to stay at clubs in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, before the days of Bosman. But uh, it meant that you had real loyalty from someone like him who stayed down go. in the second division for three years mm. be unheard of now wouldn't it yeah I, I, player, I, I mean a, a player a player staying with a club for more than three years is very unheard of nowadays let alone <laughs> everything else so yeah. um yeah and and obviously again you know you're saying about about the bogs that devonshire played you know the bogs obviously that that brookin played and, and how how silky he was ahead of his time you know both them two at london stadium on that on the bowling green would be amazing you know amazing to see because yeah. uh, i don't think i mean me particularly i don't i never appreciated you know obviously the, the quality of the pitches how heavy the boots were the ball and all that stuff now everything's so light and and fluffy um but these guys was doing it on that on with those sort of restrictions so to speak in terms of you know the yes, yeah. and and they were still as merrick you know and, and still highly regarded yeah. and in your team you know as a, as a real 80s team thread through there as well um right okay we'll put trev in so trev um let's go let's go up front who have we got up front then jim this was the hardest of all yeah. to pick up to pick two strikers because there are so many <laughs> It keeps changing, but I'm yeah. going to stick with what I said this morning. I'd like to. I shall just. I'll tell you. I've got. I've got Tony Cotty as the as my first striker. Yeah. Just because I think he's the best finisher I've seen. Yeah. Um, Pop Robson was great. I didn't see him for very long, but sure. Cotty was just a brilliant finisher. Who you you knew if a ball got in the six yard box, he would get the ball and he'd yeah. score. He did score the odd. He did score the odd. Um, pole driver as well but he he would get in and score the unglamorous goals and yeah and I don't think there's anyone been anyone since then who's been as good a goal scorer no I agree I agree and I think they Redknapp let go of him too soon the second time round as well he went on to play for Leicester for three or four years after that yeah 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 you're right you're right I think it was uh, yeah it was yeah, I mean, you look at who's who we've had since striker-wise or forward-wise, not even striker-wise, and you're right. We haven't had a natural sort of that sort of fox in the box, which he became. I mean, yeah, the only one I can ever think of in that in similar ilk would be Chicharito because he had that sort yes, of like yeah. small, wouldn't necessarily... All of his goals were in the 16-yard box, but unfortunately... Yeah, yeah. Didn't work out, you know. He was he was a wrong, he was a wrong player in the wrong team, yeah. right player in the wrong formation, rather. So yeah, yeah. Um, he could have been that sort of. I, that's why I'm excited yeah. when he came because I thought he would have been our our modern day Cotty's a modern day, but you know, sort of our yeah. <laughs> the 80s. But no, yeah. Um, well, put TC in, and who's who's he going to partner up front then, Jim? He's going to pass to partner David Cross. I was going to have Frank McAvenny because he was my he was a massive hero of mine. Yeah. Um, and then you've got De Canio. How am I leaving De Canio out? <laughs> but again, I'm going to go for, I think David Cross would work well in that team. Yeah. And I don't think De Canio would work well in a team that had Devonshire and Brookie. <laughs> I think they'd be, they'd, 
you can't have three players who are all that good on the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it would work. And David Cross was a terrific striker. Um, he was, people who don't, a generation below don't know him. He's like a, a fully fit and, um, a fully fit and fully committed Andy Carroll. Yeah. And he was good on the floor as well. Yeah. No, he's, and he's, he's, he's a, he's a great team. lad. He's a great lad. We've had him on the channel. He's been brilliant. He's, he's absolutely phenomenal. And he's such a lovely guy and so humble. He's like, like Bonzo, yeah. you know, they're so humble. It seems that generation, that whole generation, the 80s, yes. they just, they have enough, they have time for everyone. And they all seem to be mates and they all seem to still knock about with each other and phone each other up and meet, you know, and it just seems that generation, um, then probably that, you know, and, but yeah, Crossy's a good shout. He's a great shout. I'm a big fan of his because, and again, you know, I wasn't around to see David Cross play. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I've been going back and watching the, 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 the videos and the end season reviews and, and things like that. And you get this newfound appreciation for players you never really heard of. You know, I knew of David Cross, yeah, yeah. but I didn't know of him, if that makes sense. You know, what, yeah, I knew yeah. he was a well FA Cup winner and he scored 99 goals to the club. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't see any of the goals, you know, so it was, it was great to go back. And as you said, that's all, that's, I can see how you're right. Cross would fit nicely in that team. That's for sure. And you've got a nice blend of pace, skill, workhorses, I call them. And if it does, does turn a bit nasty, you've got some, you've got some boys there to sort it all out as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's a consideration. Exactly. Jim, man, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate the, the, uh, the, it's a pleasure to be asked. No, absolutely. No, thank you so much, Jim. It's, it's lovely. And, and yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it's a, it's a project which started off as a little acorn and it's just a snowball and it's just getting bigger and bigger. So it's absolutely great having you on. And um, obviously thanks everyone for watching, you know, um, and obviously all the, all the continual support you give everyone gives the channel, like, share, subscribe, you know, give me a, drop me a a message if you want to come on the channel or whatever, you know, we're we're trying to get as many people as possible while we can before everyone goes back to work as well properly. Um, And until next time for me and Jim, uh, take care, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.